This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. At One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our trained comfort specialists are here to help improve the air quality of your home. So call 855-1HOUR or visit onehourair.com. Independently owned and operated. Licensed in their respective state or county. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey not happening, at least this week, because uh, the Golden Knights... We're basically off because of a uh, myriad of reasons that we will get into. I, of course, am Ben Goetz, one of your Golden Knights beat writers for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Joining me on the other line is my colleague, Dave Shane. Dave, how, how's it going, man? How you been? Haven't seen you as much recently. Yeah, you know, I took a few days off. Uh, decided to lock the doors, stay under house, uh, house quarantine, do all those fun things. So, yeah, you know, it's been... Uh, it's been an interesting few days, but, you know, healthy and uh, safe so far. So that's the most important thing, right? Absolutely. That's the key. Uh, we will get into kind of what we're hinting in here and what's been going on with the Golden Knights for the past week or so. Uh, but first, I want to uh, tell everyone that this podcast is sponsored by One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating. They are a new sponsor, so we're very excited to have them. Uh, please go check them out because if you support them in a way, you're supporting us. Uh, also, please check out all our written content at reviewjournal.com. Despite the fact that the Golden Knights, as we will get into, have not played in you know basically a week as we're recording this and will not essentially play for a week and a half, uh, our content hasn't stopped. We've had stories basically every day on the website, uh, including plenty of Silver Knights stuff uh, leading up to their opener on Saturday. So make sure to read Everything that we got up there right now. Uh, and uh, as always, if you could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, due to this one, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, all right. So uh, last week we left off talking about the fact that the Golden Knights played a game against the St. Louis Blues without their NHL coaches. Things have only gotten crazier since then, so that was Tuesday, last Tuesday, a 5-4 shootout loss to the St. Louis Blues because one member of the Golden Knights NHL coaching staff tested positive for COVID-19. Turns out that was just the tip of the iceberg. The Knights had their next game Thursday against the Blues postponed as well as their games uh, you know, this Monday and Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday uh, against the San Jose Sharks. Those are also postponed. Uh, three coaches have entered the NHL's COVID-19 protocols, include, as well as, I should say, defenseman Alex Petrangelo and one player on the taxi squad. Uh, there is no timetable for their return. This is the part where I also mention uh, 
while I did say that one coach for the Golden Knights uh, did test positive for COVID-19, according to general manager Kelly McCrimmon, we do not know why the other four people with the Knights are in the protocol. That covers a lot of things from a positive test to unconfirmed positive to being a close contact of someone. So, you know, just basically don't make any assumptions there. This is why someone is on the protocol. The NHL does not officially give reasons why. They just state uh, the players that have made it. Uh, the team hasn't skated together since that game last Tuesday, the 5-4 shootout loss to the St. Louis Blues. They are expected to practice Wednesday, tomorrow, as we're recording this, before resuming their schedule Friday against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, as of yesterday, Monday, the Knights have had four straight days of negative, negative tests, according to McCrimmon. And meanwhile, while all of this was going on, the Silver Knights had their second exhibition game Saturday, and then they had it canceled uh, basically right before the third period because a player on the opposing team, the San Jose Barracuda, uh, had a player test positive for COVID-19, and that result apparently got delivered in the middle of the game. Now, it doesn't look like the Silver Knights have any issues coming out of there. They did not practice Sunday or Monday, but they did return uh, today, Tuesday, and everyone that was in the lineup for that Saturday game was back on the ice. Also, their coaches, uh, Manny Viveros and his assistants, were back on the ice with the team after helping the Golden Knights out in that game against the Blues last week. There was a lot happening, and there was a lot for us to go through. So, I mean, Dave, I'll just start with you. What do you make of the way kind of all this ended up getting handled from the fact that the Knights played a game last Tuesday and then had three straight games postponed, you know, to the fact that they ultimately uh, wound up with five people in the protocol. Once again, that's three coaches, defenseman Alex Petrangelo and a taxi squad player. But all of those players, at least according to McCrimmon, are, quote, healthy and doing well. Well, I think that last part's the most important thing, obviously, healthy and doing well. And hopefully we don't see anything in terms of like a Marco Rossi situation. Um, I was talking to somebody else and I forget the term. Um, but basically, you know, Marco Rossi is a prospect for the Minnesota Wild who tested positive and had COVID-19 in November, I believe, and is still having the effects of it uh, right now to the, to the extent that he returned to Austria, his home country, basically to continue his recovery uh, to get back to a point where he feels like he can get, you know, back on the ice and condition and start playing hockey again. I heard some positive things, but those are, those are the types of things that you hear with all this that scare you. And, you know, you look at the list and the way that the NHL seemed to handle the golden Knights situation. I think from the, from the fan standpoint, and, and I understand it, I guess, is the confusion of why are the Golden Knights games being postponed while, you know, some other games are going on and some other teams, you know, have players added to the list. They're continuing to practice. We see like the Chicago Blackhawks cancel a practice and then add a couple names to their list and then play the next day. So I think just the fact that the NHL is taking it on a case-by-case basis, that they're not really being as transparent, I guess, as you would hope. Obviously, they're putting names out, but we don't know why. And we, and we didn't get a clear answer as to the Golden Knights 
situation, I think we can, uh, you know, without being irresponsible here, I think we can probably at least take Kelly McCrimmon's comments yesterday as to it, you know, quote, moving from the coach's pool to the player's pool as these are probably positive tests. And that might have affected the way that the NHL viewed the the night situation and these games versus some other teams. I think that's kind of the only conclusion we can jump to. But I'll say this just from the bigger picture. I don't so much have you know any problem with how it was handled. I think safety first is the most important thing. But I just look around to the league now, and today we see the situation in, in New Jersey and how it's affected Buffalo, and then in turn, you know, the New York Islanders and that game being postponed and just sort of the chain reaction that seems to be going on around the NHL right now. We saw it kind of early in the baseball season. And, you know, we, we had a lot of fingers and toes crossed through all of this. And, you know, at least for right now, we're seeing the difference between being in a bubble and, you know, being in the general public and what happens when, you know, teams are traveling and I guess mingling in the public and, and just the general, you know, to use Pete DeBoer's term, luck that's going to go into avoiding this. And, you know, unfortunately for the Golden Knights, it, it happened early in the season where, the, where they weren't able to avoid it. Yeah, I mean, you kind of are hinting at kind of the bigger NHL picture there. And we're going to save that for later in the show, but let's just do it now. Um, the Knights are certainly not the only team that is dealing with uh, kind of COVID-19 issues and postponements. Dallas had 17 players test positive and had the start of its season delayed because of that. They're playing now. Uh, Carolina previously had four games postponed. Uh, as you mentioned, Dave, Chicago, uh, as I checked Monday, had five players on the COVID-19 related absences list, uh, which, as you mentioned, kind of prompted the questions of, well, they have five players and are still doing team activities. Why do the Knights have one player and they're not doing it? Uh, yeah, McCrimmon kind of hinted that maybe it was because it started with the coaches and then spread to the players. But he said, you know, that's a league decision. I'm not officially sure. So that kind of goes to your point of we don't have a ton of transparency as to why exactly these decisions are being made, only that they're coming from, you know, the top in terms of the league and its medical experts. Um, and then kind of on an even crazier note, uh, recently, New Jersey had 14 players on the COVID-19, you know, absence list uh, today, Tuesday, as we're recording, and its games were postponed through Saturday. And as you mentioned, where it gets kind of scary is Buffalo uh, had its games postponed through Saturday as well because it played the Devils over the weekend, um, which is not a situation you want. Now, in terms of the Knights, the fact that they played the Blues on Tuesday, uh, you know, as of today, no Blues have appeared on that COVID-19 absence list. So it appears that they uh, certainly avoided uh, any issues in their locker room so far. Um, and they've actually played games against other teams since then. Um, but, you know, as a whole, the NHL has already postponed 18 games this season. And we're, you know, considering we started, uh, I believe, January 13th, it's a little bit more than two and a half weeks into the season. Um, as you mentioned, certainly other sports dealt with these issues as well when they were not playing in a bubble. Uh, Major League Baseball over the summer, the NFL this fall, and the NBA, which started a little bit earlier than the NHL, has certainly had its own issues and you know all of those sports so far have kind of proven that hey you know 
we're just kind of willing to push through all of these things. And if we can do that, we think we're going to make it to the finish line. But are there any, you know, concerns that uh, you're starting to see, Dave? You know, maybe even not just if the NHL going to complete its season, because I think, you know, it's certainly going to try its hardest to. But, I mean, how skeptical do we have to be at this point that all 31 teams are actually going to play all 56 of their games? Yeah, skeptical at this point. I mean, it's a distinct possibility that we could have a situation where you're talking about points percentage deciding you know, playoff spot or something like that rather than just straight point standings. I mean, I think not to change the subject too much here. I think my, you know, one of my concerns, I guess, if we're going to use that word or one of the things that, that jumped out at me about the last week or the situation in general, excuse me, as I take a drink of my water is what happened with the silver Knights. And the fact that a test came back in the middle of the game as positive. And, it, and I wrote, I mean, it reminded me of the Justin Turner thing in the, in the world series. And it just begs the question of like, how is this system set up to where you're getting tests back in the middle of the game and you're putting folks at risk. And I tried to ask that of Kelly McCrimmon and obviously I get, I understand from his situation. I think he was kind of more trying to, answer things from the NHL perspective as opposed to the AHL perspective. And I think it's set up differently where, you know, it sounds like from what the, like you described earlier, the testing in the morning and when they get results back that you're not going to run into that necessarily at the NHL level. But I just found that so, I guess, alarming that you could have a situation where maybe, and, and I went back and looked, so like Justin Turner in his situation, it was an, it was a, test from like the, the previous day that they tested in that morning and was inconclusive. And so they retested a second sample and then that came back positive during the game. And so, I mean, if you're running into a situation where you have inconclusive tests and things like that, and you're not pulling people right away, I mean, then yeah, I would have a question on just what is the protocol here? Again, that's the AHL. That's a little different than the NHL, but you know, just to kind of put a bow on this, I mean, it's, I think, I think I saw 14 teams so far. I don't know if that's accurate, but then you go into like the other teams, you know, like Anaheim had a game with the Knights rescheduled. Anaheim hasn't, they didn't do anything, but their schedule is affected by it. There's a chain reaction and a domino with this where everybody seems to be you know, affected and impacted by this. And if they're not getting the virus, then, you know, it's kind of circling around the division and it's impacting the schedule. So absolutely. I think there's a possibility that, you know, we could see uh, by the end of the season teams having a different number of final games that they play and, you know, going back to the summer and figuring out different ways, you know, to determine who's going to be in Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Playoffs. At One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our trained comfort specialists are here to help improve the air quality of your home. So call 855-1HOUR or visit onehouraair.com. Always on time or you don't pay a time. 
independently owned and operated, licensed in their respective state or county. We'll obviously have to see how it shakes out, but certainly I think you could uh, fairly say things have been pretty rocky for the NHL so far in these early weeks. Uh, Dave mentioned, you know, kind of some reworked schedules right there. So the Knights did have, uh, as we mentioned, those three games postponed, one against the Blues, two against the Sharks. There are already makeup dates for all of those. The Sharks games will take place in February, uh, one in mid-February, one in late February, uh, while the Blues game is going to take place in late March. And as Dave mentioned, the Knights were originally scheduled to play Anaheim in late February, but they moved uh, one of those games into March to accommodate kind of the other schedule adjustments the Knights had to make. Uh, My big takeaway from kind of these schedule adjustments is uh, we talked a lot going into this year about, oh my gosh, this is a condensed schedule. They're going to be playing a lot of games in a lot of days. Are they going to get, you know, tired or exhausted? Uh, Now that's been kicked into overdrive. Uh, At the start of the year, when the puck was first dropped, the Knights were scheduled to play 56 games in 116 days. So very close to, uh, you know, two game or a game every other day, essentially. Now, because they basically are going to go a week and a half between games because they played the Blues last Tuesday. They won't play again until this Friday against the Los Angeles Kings. The Knights are going to play 49 games in 96 days, which is slightly more than a game every other day. Uh, Just straight up, Dave, how difficult do we think that's now going to be? The fact that their already condensed schedule has a, really, really going to start to squeeze. Well, I know some of the questions that you've been asking of players, you know, before this little pause that we had is just about, you know, if they're feeling sort of the pace of this schedule and things, and it's only going to get, I guess, more high impact. I I don't know what the right, the right phrase is, but I mean, March is brutal. I mean, if you like pull it up and, you know, if the listeners pull it up, I mean, especially, you can, you can pick different points at it. Like I'll start with like March 19th because that's where there was a game on the 22nd that was added. So you go from March 19th through the 27th, that's five, five games in nine days. If you want to tack on a few, few days, you can go seven games in 13 days to end the month. You've got a back to back where you're at the Kings and then you come home and play the blues Uh, You go at Colorado. I mean, that whole month, you know, you're at San Jose early in the month where there's a back-to-back. You've got a back-to-back at St. Louis where it sounds like they could potentially even have fans. Now for Alex Petrangelo's return, March 12th. So, I I mean, I didn't count this up exactly in terms of how many games just in March, but that's where I think it's really going to be jam-packed. And we can talk about this in a second too, but you know, I think that's where we're going to start to see some other guys and they're going to lean on some other folks, whether it's taxi squad or maybe even some, some of these AHL kids that, you know, have to get called up and, and fill some of these, uh, fill some of these roles and log and eat some of these minutes as well. Yeah. So by my count, uh, they have 17 games in a uh, 31 day month of March. I mean, it's just, crazy and they're you know have quite a bit of travel involved in that too including a back-to-back where they're in LA and then have to play St. Louis the next night uh it's gonna be a lot and you know to 
be just totally honest about it, there are definitely going to be injury and fatigue risks involved here. Um, and right now, the Knights, while other teams have been affected by this, uh, no other Pacific Division teams have had quite the schedule adjustment uh, that the Knights have had now. The Sharks uh, did get kind of a week-long break because their games against the Knights this week were postponed. But, of course, the Knights are having essentially a week-and-a-half break. And the Blues were still able to move on to the next team on their schedule, despite the fact that the Thursday game against the Knights got postponed. So we'll have to see whether other teams are affected or whether the Knights are going to end up being kind of the ones that are left really, really dealing with uh, this crunch. This also feels like the right time as we're talking about how many games they're going to have to squeeze in and how that could be a fatigue and injury risk. Their depth is already being challenged here. Braid McNabb went on long-term injured reserve since the last time we recorded with a lower body injury that he suffered in that Blues game. So that means he's out until at least February 27th. That's the first um, game he can return for under the LTIR rules. Uh, Kelly, Kelly McCrimmon didn't guarantee that he'd be back then. He just said he'd be reevaluated when he's eligible to return. Um, if you add that into Petrangelo's absence, and you know we should mention we don't know exactly how long Alex Petrangelo will be out for. He might even be back Friday. We don't know. Uh, but if he's not back, that means the Knights would be out their top defense pair for the foreseeable future. So how do we think uh, they're going to navigate these, you know, I guess near-term losses, Dave, and the, as you kind of hinted at, the fact that they might have to be dealing with pulling guys in and out of the lineup just for, you know, injury and uh, rest reasons the entire rest of the way. Now. Yeah, so let's start with Petrangelo. So earlier I had mentioned there was like a phrase I was trying to think of. Um, so it's long haulers, um, which I bring it up in the context of Petrangelo because if – and I say if, because we don't know, if he tests a positive, if he is in fact dealing with COVID-19, you would hope that there's not the long-term effects that you wouldn't see, you know, anything like Marco Rossi that hopefully, knock on wood, you would, I guess, presumably this, you would see a situation like the Knights had in November where they confirmed that four players tested positive and we didn't really hear about anything in terms of the effects. We heard about the players coming back and skating, you know, as a group for like five weeks or so leading into training camp. So we, you would assume that the four in that case were able to recover. And, you know, again, knock on wood, it hasn't affected them long term. I just just I think that's the most important thing here. Like, like, yeah, we let's talk about hockey and that's cool. But at the same time, there is somebody's health, you know, involved in this. And if we go back to what Alex Petrangelo texted to Jim Thomas of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch last week, he said he had mild symptoms at the time. So, you know, you can jump to your conclusions and, and you would hope everything's okay. And based on Kelly McCrimmon's comments, which you said earlier, earlier, excuse me, about, you know, everybody being able to recover and on the mend, you know, you would hope that that's a situation short term. Obviously, we've seen, you know, Nick Holden brought up. I think that's sort of the effect of Braden McNabb going on IR and Nick Holden sort of being first in line. After that, it'll be interesting. And and somebody asked me earlier about this and I was a little hesitant to start, you know, speculating because, you know, w without being irresponsible again and, and 
jumping to conclusions, there's a player on the taxi squad that is also in the COVID protocol. Now, we don't know if he tested positive or if that's a contact tracing issue. Maybe it's a defenseman that had contact tracing, you know, with Petrangelo or something like that. We don't know. But if that affects their ability to, say, install Nick Haig into the lineup or Dylan Coughlin, if they want to make sure that they're sticking righty-righty or something like that, if Petrangelo can't go and you need, you know, to fill his spot that way. I'm a little, a little hesitant to start jumping to, to those sorts of prognostications without really knowing who the taxi squad player is. And, and obviously Kelly McCurman didn't disclose that. But I think at least in the short term, we can talk about Nick Holden and, you know, him being in the mix and then all things being equal. I think you would probably go back to seeing, you know, some way, shape or form of the Zach uh, White Cloud, Nick Haig pairing. And then, you know, we could maybe see the debut of Dylan Coughlin at that point. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, obviously, the Knights are practicing back tomorrow, so we'll get a clear picture of obviously who is. And who isn't out there? Um, to quick go back to something you mentioned earlier, yeah, the Knights had um, four players test positive in November, and uh, you know Pete DeBoer told me about a month or so later um, that one of those players did have like fairly significant symptoms that you know didn't require hospitalization or anything, but did kind of basically knock the player out for a little bit. And so you know, with that and the whole Marco Rossi thing, I think it's just you know, hammers home the point that I'm sure a lot of people don't need at this point, but that this is something to take seriously. And there, this is something that can have um, long-term effects and obviously even potentially just short-term effects, even after players come back. I mean, you look at the NHL's COVID protocols, I believe it says in there that if you test positive, you're not even supposed to work out for, you know, two weeks, basically. They're just kind of supposed to shut it down. So it would obviously, uh, if that were to be the case, take you some time to then get yourself back up to speed. So um, there's just a myriad of ways that guys can be affected by this. And, you know, as you pointed out, Dave, the, the key is just to make sure these people are healthy, not just for hockey, but for life um, and moving forward. Right. And this. I think, you know, we all know, you know, people who have had it, um, you know, or know people that know people that have had it or, you know, whatever it might be. And we've seen, I think, the effects, if not firsthand and secondhand, you know, between you and me, certainly. So, you know, we, I think anytime you're dealing with this and it's a health issue. And I, I mean, again, I'll circle back to my comments earlier about just the NHL in general. And, you know, it's funny because I know everybody rips on this phrase abundance of caution and it's, you know, it's easy to kind of, I hope I never hear this phrase ever again. And uh, like, I get it. I, I understand, but you know what? There's, there's a reason that, that the NHL and these teams and everybody is, is, you know, using an abundance of caution because it's a serious virus. Like without, you know, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to like get into whatever, but you can just, you know, the numbers are, are the numbers. The impact is the impact. And I think anything that the NHL does to try to minimize this. And for the most part, it looks like the Golden Knights were able to keep their situation under control. You know, it, the three coaches probably popped up, you know, within a couple days. You know, as Kelly McCrimmon said, it was yesterday, four straight days with no negatives. We didn't see any, anybody else 
you know, on the list today other than Alex Petrangelo. So, you know, I guess if you're going to have protocols in place and you know that this is going to be an issue at some point, you know, maybe it worked close to the way that they hoped it it would work in terms of keeping up everybody separate and not having a complete outbreak. And if you have to reschedule three games, you know, to avoid, you know, a long-term problem, then at least maybe in, in the case of the Golden Knights, their actions worked. Yeah, we'll have to see, you know, what the both the short-term and long-term effect of those actions will end up being because as we've talked about, the Knights will be back on their practice rink uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, as we're recording this. They will be back in game action Friday against the Los Angeles Kings. They will also play the Kings on Super Bowl Sunday, believe it or not, if those games go ahead as scheduled. And, you know, then as we talked about, they are just right back in the mix of things because they're going to play a lot of hockey in a pretty short period of time. So uh, it'll be interesting to follow all of that. Make sure you're following all all our work uh, tomorrow at ReviewJournal.com. We'll have plenty of stories and coverage and videos and everything you guys will want up there. Uh, Big thanks to this podcast sponsor, One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating. We're so excited to have them in the fold, and we hope you guys are excited about it too. Please check them out, and make sure to check out uh, this podcast every week and rate, review, subscribe, uh, whatever you do to the podcast you listen to. For Dave Shane, I'm Ben Goats. We are the Golden Edge Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again real soon. One Hour Air Conditioning and Heating, our trained comfort specialists are here to help improve the air quality of your home. So call 855-1HOUR or visit onehourair.com. Always on time or you don't pay time. Independently owned and operated. Licensed in their respective state or county. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.